is hungry for you, Lord. They feel the hunger pains and they don't know what it is. They try to fill it. We try to fill it with things. But it's all about you, Jesus. You are at the center of it all. This is your earth. This is your creation. The world revolves. It's, it's centered on you. Even where it doesn't realize it. Even where the world doesn't know and understand. It's all for you, Lord. Nothing else matters. Nothing else can satisfy, Lord. You are the answer, Jesus. You are the answer. You alone are the solution to everything that's going on in our world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've, you've brought us to yourself. Us in this room, you've, you've rescued us. You've given us understanding that of that truth, that you are at the center of it all, and it will all come back to you. Thank you, Lord. I just heard tonight as we're worshiping that the ground is level. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. There's not one person in this room that is higher or lower. We are all on level ground at the foot of the cross right now. We're on equal footing because of his mercy and grace. Apart from Jesus, if you were placed on a scale, you would be found lacking, you would be found wanting. But thanks to God, there is no scale for you to climb on to see how you measure up. Because the scale on one side is the cross and it has balanced out the level ground. It has made the ground equal, equal footing for every person who would come to the cross. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, in the English Standard Version, it says, because of him, it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is who Jesus is for you. And for me, he has become for you and me wisdom from God, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. In the Passion Translation, it says, For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God, as we are being joined to Jesus, the Anointed One, and right now, he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. He's inviting you right now. He's inviting each one of us right now 
to press into him. Press into him. Press into his robe. Hide yourself in Jesus. He is your merciful high priest. Hide yourself in him. Press into his heart. He wants you to feel his heartbeat. He wants you to know his heart, that it's burning with love for you. His heart is blazing with passion and love for you. He so loved you that he gave it all. He laid it all down on the cross. That's how much he loves you, loves you now, loved you then. It was worth it all for him, to him, to go to the cross for you. That's how much he loves you. You cannot earn his love. It was already there even when you didn't know him, even when you were his enemy. His love for you burns like fire. So he's inviting you tonight to press deep into his heart and be consumed by the fire of his love. Let his love for you consume you. Get lost in it. Drown yourself in it. Be consumed by his love and affection for you. Understand what it means tonight to find your life hidden in Christ, hidden in Christ. I don't ever want to take for granted that there might be one or two people in the room, most likely young people, that have never come to Jesus and said to him, Jesus, I believe that you died for me and I want to give my life to you. So if that's you tonight, together we're just going to say this out loud. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you are Lord of life. And you are the rescuer. And I come running to you tonight to hide myself in you, to lose my life in you, Jesus. Would you receive me? Would you take me to be your own? That I could be yours forever? I want to know you. I want my life to be centered on you. Thank you, Lord. I believe that you've received me just as I receive you as Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you prayed that tonight and maybe for the first time you meant it and you felt something happening in your heart, 
I want to make sure that you tell somebody, tell your parent, tell your mom, tell somebody, tell someone in this church. Just let somebody know because it was never meant for you or me to keep this a secret thing, that our relationship with God would not be a secret relationship, but we would, we would be bold and claim Jesus as our Lord publicly. Thank you, Lord. I just want to open this up for a moment here before we shift into uh, just, I, I feel like we should just dive into a few scriptures tonight and take communion together. But before we do that, I just want to open this up for anyone who's received anything you feel the Holy Spirit was showing you in worship that would be for us. Um, maybe you felt like it was just for you, but if you want to share something, if you heard the Lord say something or you saw him doing something in the room, I just want to, I want to, I want to honor that and value that so that it would be shared uh, for all of us to enjoy so that we could see just how God is speaking to each one of us. So if that's something that you got, just pop a hand up and I'll bring the microphone over to you. Well, this is going to go by swiftly tonight. Did you have something? It was just a quick picture and I saw um, the world, the whole world was within the heart, literally a heart of Jesus, just within the heart of Jesus, just encompassed. That's powerful, because that's kind of what I was seeing, but it wasn't the whole world, it was just his heart and us going into, not only into his robe, when you go into Jesus, when your life is in Christ, it's deep, like there's places to explore in him, in his, in who he is. You can go right into his heart, into the throne room where his heart is at and just lose yourself in the fire of his love and his passion for you. And that I would just say amen to that because his love for the world, he has the world in his heart. Anybody else? Ethan, Kelly's on the floor. He's out under the presence. I know if he has something, he'll make sure he catches my attention after a bit. So this is what we should do, guys. I don't need to teach the scripture portion for tonight. It's probably, I think, just 15, maybe 13 verses of Hebrews chapter 10. So why don't we just read through this together? And then we'll, we'll, we'll prepare our hearts and just take communion. And I believe it, it's kind of funny. I just, tonight I just saw every one of us in this room on equal ground. You could think of us, you know, as a motley crew, not the band, but just, just this, we're this group of riffraff, you know, there's nothing special. Oh, there is something special about each one of us, but there's nothing in this room about any one of us that's more special than the other. We are all on level ground right now.
right now. He may choose to do something with you and elevate you for a time, but when it comes to our standing before God, we are all on level ground at the foot of the cross, equal footing. So let's just walk together tonight through the word and take communion together and allow him to search our hearts, allow him to, to satisfy our needs because we all have needs. We all have deep longings inside of our hearts for the things of God, for clarity, for understanding, for freedom, for breakthroughs, for more of him, for our needs to be met while we're here on the, on the earth. There's everything in life that we can think about that we need. And he wants to satisfy our needs. He wants to be the one to take care of us. So this is going to just like be a, not a handbrake going on the music, but here we go. See, that kind of faded out okay. You guys doing okay? Everyone all right? I promise, kids, this is going to go quick. I promise. I can see that look. It's like... I just want to go home, get back on the computer again, hang out with my online friends. Us adults, we're like, we don't have online friends. Like we got friends maybe on Facebook or something, but they're not really friends. They're just people. <laughs> anyway. All right, so here we go, guys. You ready for Hebrews chapter 10? We're going to start at the first verse. I'm going to read this nice and loud and clear. So I would just pray. So let me just pray. Lord, we just ask that you would come and let the power of your word be the sword that it is and let it come tonight and be swung down upon our spirit and our soul, upon our minds where we think and choose our, our will and emotions. Let your word come in power tonight and bring life. Let it bring life and freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we go, guys. Here's the word of God. The old system of living under the law presented us with only a faint shadow, a crude outline of the reality of the wonderful blessings to come. Even with its steady stream of sacrifices offered year after year, there, was, there was still was nothing that could make our hearts perfect before God pause for a second. This is just referring to the Old Testament pattern of temple worship, how the animal sacrifices were required by God for the worshipers to draw near to God. But the word is telling us here that those sacrifices done constantly, that constant flow of animals being sacrificed and cut apart and the blood being poured out and the bodies of the animals burned on the altar and blood sprinkled, none of that could ever take away sins. But in verse 2 and 3, For if animal sacrifices could once and for all eliminate sin, they would have ceased to be offered, and the worshipers would have, would have clean consciences. Instead, once was not enough. So by the repetitive sacrifices year after year, the worshipers were continually reminded of their sins, with their hearts still impure. For what power does the blood of bulls and goats have to remove sin's guilt? None at all. This is the Passion Translation. <clears throat> Verse 5. 
So when Jesus, the Messiah, came into the world, he said, since your ultimate desire was not another animal sacrifice, you have clothed me with a body that I might offer myself instead. Multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. So I said to you, God, I will be the one to go and do your will, to fulfill all that was written of me in your word. First, he said, multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice, even though the law required them to be offered. And then he said, God, I will be the one to go and do your will. So by being the sacrifice that removes sin, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replaces that entire system with the new covenant. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. Just put your hand on your heart and say, once and for all, once and for all, once and for all, I have been purified and made holy. You have been purified and made holy. It is finished. Verse 11, yet every day priests still serve, ritually offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices that can never take away sin's guilt. Pause for a second. Keep this in mind. There is nothing you can do to remove guilt on your own. If you're a Christian and you've come to Jesus, it is vital that you and I rest in the finished work of Jesus. We cannot try to clean up our mistakes by earning God's favor, by doing something good enough to, to gain favor with him again as if we have fallen out of favor with him because of a, of a sin or a mistake or a falling short of whatever it is that you might feel you've fallen short of. The will of God is that you and I would draw near to God with, with a clean heart, full assurance of faith through the blood of Jesus, that by the blood of Jesus, we would run into the throne room of God to receive to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. So don't ever fall for that lie of the enemy that you have fallen out of God's grace, that you have to do something to earn your way back. That is a lie. God says where there is sin, grace abounds. That doesn't mean that we use grace to sin like a license to sin, but where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And he is inviting us to run into his throne room to receive from him mercy and grace. Not to try to earn it first and then go into his throne room, but to go into his throne room by the blood of Jesus, the one who has already paid the price, the final sacrifice. He has removed our sins from us. Second Corinthians chapter 5 makes that clear towards the end of Second Corinthians chapter 5. It says there is, there is now no, no penalty for sin that remains. Therefore, we urge people on behalf of God to be reconciled to God. He has taken the penalty of sin. So let's continue on verse 12. 
But when this priest had offered the one supreme sacrifice for sin for all time, he sat down at the throne at the right hand of God, waiting until all his whispering enemies are subdued and turned into his footstool. Pause for a second. Take comfort in that truth that God will bring justice to the earth and every act of evil and wickedness that is happening on this planet, all of the injustice, all the suffering, it will be brought to account and justice will be served. God will bring all of his enemies and he will make them a footstool for the feet of Jesus. They will all, all of his enemies will come bowing down, whispering before him that he is Lord and they are not. Maybe that's not what they'll be whispering. But it says, according to the Passion Translation, all his whispering enemies are subdued and turn into his footstool. Verse 14, And by his one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. I love these verses. Verse 12 and 14. We're going to read it again before we take communion tonight, just those two verses and a couple other verses. But it is so wild when we comprehend that you and I stand positionally before God. We stand in complete holiness and redemption. We stand made holy and perfect already. So you might look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, I, don't, I don't look perfect. I don't look like I'm holy. I know what I did a minute ago. I know what I said an hour ago. I know what I thought 10 minutes ago wherever you want to place it on the scale of time. But God gives you and I a position of standing when we are in Christ. When we come to Jesus and our lives are hidden in Christ, we are on equal standing with one another, and we are standing in the completed righteousness and sanctification and perfection of Jesus. That truth, as we... As we Meditate on that truth, and that truth becomes part of our thinking, our reality. That truth will transform the way you live life. If you believe that you are holy right now, if you have already been made perfect and holy, it will cause you to live differently. But if you see yourself as a sinner who is struggling and barely making it in life to become holy, then you're always going to become that identity that you think you are. But we need to take hold of the identity that Jesus has made for us possible through his death on the cross, that as we are hidden in him, we have become holy. We are now made perfect and holy through the blood of Christ, through his one perfect sacrifice. Here's the last, second to the last portion of this. Verse 15. And Tammy, if you have to interrupt. You know. No, it's okay. Tammy wonders if everyone's confused if you're supposed to read along with me. I, I didn't ask you to, but if you want to, that's fine. You keep doing that. Well, you said we're all going to read along. Well, we're going to read it together. <laughs> Sorry, but you can read it out loud. I think it's, it's powerful. Thank you. Keep, yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> I think it's important to, to read aloud and declare the word of God out of your own mouth. Not just take it in through your eyes and your ears, but let it come out of your mouth. 
It does something to rewire your brain and your tongue. Something supernatural is happening as you're declaring the word of God. So verse 15, the Holy Spirit confirms this to us by this scripture. For the Lord says, afterwards, I will give them this covenant. I will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my word to their thoughts. Then he says, I will never, excuse me, I will not ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Pause. He says in his word, he will never remember. Does that mean that, that God doesn't have a good memory? He chooses to throw your sins and my sins in a sea of forgetfulness. He chooses not to remember them. I will never, not ever again, remember their sins and lawless deeds. Verse 18, so if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sins? So the next time you fall short, remind yourself, declare over yourself, thank you, God, that my sins have been forgiven and forgotten. Help me now to move into my identity in you, to really walk out that holiness and perfection that you have already given to me. Here's the last part of this, guys. That's the part that we already read. Something's wrong with my notes here. Are we? Okay, so, oh, you're right. I got confused. I, I looked it over a couple times earlier, so it should have been all lined out, right? Thank you. Okay, verse 19. And now, we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and without hesitation. Remember that. Pause real quick. Remember that. He invites us to come boldly, without hesitation. He doesn't want you to debate about it, debate in your mind, because that just gives the enemy an opportunity to, to begin to speak to you about how you're not worthy to come to God. But he says, come boldly, run to me. Proverbs says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run unto it. They run into it and are safe. You find safety, you find protection, you find shelter in the name of the Lord. It's like a tower of protection. Verse 20, for he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. Now, here's the last part. Verse 21, and since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. So this is what we're gonna do, guys. 
we're going to prepare to take communion. But there's some instructions in the word of God about how we should approach the Lord's table. So we're going to read this scripture and we're going to take a moment before we grab the communion elements. We're just going to take a moment individually and we want to have a little bit of time between you, between me and you, between you and I before the Lord, but, but not together, but just you and him, just so we can search our hearts before him. So this is what the scripture says. This is really important, guys. If you've never heard this about communion, this is really important. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and gave thanks. And then he distributed it to the disciples and said, take it and eat your fill. It is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper. And he said, this cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink it, do it to remember me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So it's important, guys, that we don't just take the cracker, the, the little styrofoam communion wafers that, I, that we got uh, from the Catholic catalog. I like them. They're just kind of fun to eat. I don't know. If you don't like them, you can talk to me later about it. You can get some real bread sometime, but it should be unleavened, some matzo bread or something. <clears throat> It's important that we don't just take the cracker and drink the juice and just, you know, think nothing of it. Here's a, here's a warning, okay? Let's, let's look at what the rest of what Paul said. A lot of people stop right here, and they just take communion during this part. They'll read this, and they'll take communion together. But Paul says more. He said, for this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. <clears throat> For continually eating and drinking with a wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak chronically ill and some even dying for we have examined ourselves if excuse me if we have examined ourselves we should not be judged but when we are judged it's the Lord's training so that we will not be condemned along with the world now what I don't want to do is for you or anyone in this room to take this as a as a heavy scary thing Know the Lord's heart for you and I. It's not that you have to panic when you take communion and be fearful that you're doing something wrong. It's that we remember what that bread and that cup represents. We need to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. And you can take communion every day if you want to. You can take it multiple times a day. You can take the bread and the cup and hold it before God and, and pray over the areas of your, of your knife. I don't know if you have a knife. The areas of your life that you need healing or you need breakthrough or you need strength in. 
it's a powerful gift that God has given us to take communion together. So I'm going to, I'm just going to put this slide up and I'm going to play some music with it and I'm going to grab the communion stuff. And I just want you guys just to take the time of this song to just pray and just search your heart. Ask God to show you what the cross means to you. So here we go. I'm just, just take your time and just talk to the Lord, just you and him. to just be strong And it's a fight just to keep it together Together I know you think that you are too far gone But hope is never lost Hope is never lost You're gonna be 
you guys to go ahead if you're ready if you feel like you've cleared everything up between you and Jesus and you want to take communion now why don't you go ahead and come up and grab your communion elements and then we'll take it together just one person's going to take communion tonight You've got to just be strong And it's a fight just to keep we'll it take together it together, guys. together I know you think that you are too far gone But hope is never lost Hope is never lost Hold on, don't let go Hold on, don't let go Just take one step closer Put one foot in front of the other Follow the light in the darkness You're gonna be okay I know your heart is heavy from those nights Just want you guys to hear the heart of God in this song but just remember Because the cross you are a fighter, The cross echoes a These words that he is everything you never know just what tomorrow He's for you. Holds. That He is with you. He is cheering you on stronger to hold than tight. You know. Hold fast. Oh, you're stronger Trust than you Him. Know. Hold on. Don't let go. We hold on to you, God. Yeah. Hold on. And don't let Just take one step closer Put one foot in front of the other You'll get through this Just follow the light One step closer One foot in front of the other You'll get through As you hold your communion elements, we're just going to look at this scripture one more time. We read this before. 
before we prepare to take the bread, maybe just hold the bread before you and remember this. This is Jesus speaking. He said, God, I will be the one to go and do your will. So by being the sacrifice that removes sin, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replaces that entire system with a new covenant. Verse 10, by God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. And by verse 14, and by his one perfect sacrifice, he has made us perfectly holy, complete for all time. Purified, made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus. Perfectly holy and complete. So Jesus, as we take this bread, we remember that your body broken on the cross for us is what made it possible for us to now stand before you holy and complete. All of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt has been removed. We thank you, Lord. We remember what you've done for us. try some matzo bread next time. These are tasting kind of stale. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So verse 19, we read earlier. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm boldly and without hesitation for he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God just as the veil was torn in two Jesus body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him so as we hold this cup we we remind ourselves and we declare before God it's because of the blood of Jesus that we are now your family. We are now brothers and sisters in Christ. That we belong, that we are not strangers, we are not orphans, but we are part of God's house. Sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, because of the blood of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that your blood welcomes us. Through your blood, you welcome us into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm to come there boldly and without hesitation. We just lift up this cup before you tonight, Lord, and we thank you for the power of your blood. What your blood on the cross has done for us blows our minds that we have access to come to your throne right now. So, Lord, we come just as we are, made clean and pure and holy through your broken body on the cross. And we declare the blood of Jesus as our access now to your throne. And we just come to give you worship. As we drink this cup, Lord, we give you worship. We lay our lives down at your feet. We say we belong to you. We are your sons and your daughters. We are your family. And we thank you for rescuing us, Jesus. Thank you for saving us. We
drink this cup when we remember the price that was paid.